<laughs> what up, suckers? No, it's not that over. <laughs> Hey everybody, bet you're really excited for the next episode of Fantasy Pants. Well, it's not coming. Ha! Gotcha, suckers, because it is the year anniversary. Episode 50 is out right now. 50! Can you believe it? And next week, for our anniversary of the first time we sent an episode out to the public, to you guys, we're going to a rent fair! Fucking Renaissance Fair, I'm so excited. So we're going to take a week off. We're going to take a little break, because we deserve it, damn it. So, uh... We back, we back next week. It's gonna be awesome. Enjoy episode fifty, and also enjoy this little trailer from our friends, Hammer of the Gods. This is Dungeon Master Rick here with Hammer of the Gods. Do you enjoy socially awkward bards? I pull out fifty gold and I put it in the guard's hand and say, "Can I go see the snakes now?" Dungeons and Dragons and mildly inappropriate humor. Haha, <laughs> looks like Daniel's our new DM. Hi, Daddy. <laughs> Did you just call me daddy? I've been in here for 10 seconds and we're already jumping straight to daddy. All right. And epic fantasy combined with alternate history and a splash of Greek and other ancient mythologies thrown in for flavor. Why do the other Olympians Perfect. avoid Dionysus? Yeah, I don't know why. Because all he does is whine. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I, I'm praying to daddy yeah, now. So then you'll love Hammer of the Gods. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. And if you really enjoy our show... You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash hampod. That's H-A-M-M-P-O-D. sent back to the Citadel, where he will be collected by Speaker Sholay. She will oversee preparations for a full funeral, and we will, of course, be streaming that live when the time comes. Zebion lived as a hero, died as a hero. I will mourn for him for all my years. His life burned bright and fast. I did not know him long at all, but he saved me from a great, great darkness. And if you knew him, if you really knew him, you'd understand the true tragedy of his loss. But I find that it helps me in these times to remember that our 25 worlds are made of so many good, brave folk. Heroes like Zebulon may fall in their quests, but they'll never truly be gone. Not so long as there are others waiting in the wings, ready to carry on their will and finish what they started. <clears throat> Hello, everyone. I am David Monroe, your host for tonight's ceremony. Come on. Come on. Good, tough, tough crowd. Cheer. Cheer. Yeah, all right. Big crows. The... Big... Big crowd tonight. Big crowd tonight. So sexy. Look at those eyes. Big crowd tonight. Are you guys ready? Are you guys ready? Sure. For the fancy pants biannual zippies. We what? The biannual zippies? Yeah, it's it's biannual. <laughs> it's biannual now. I'm I'm lost. <laughs>
Sweet. All right. I feel underdressed. I got, some, <laughs> <laughs> I got some awards here for some very, very talented folk. And I want to get into it. Oh. You forgot the zippies. Uh, yeah, I did. That's right. I on. mentioned it to you today. I forgot it still. I said we're doing more zippies. <laughs> Straight on red is our top number one bit. People loved it. They asked for more. And damn it, I'm going to deliver. I'm going to deliver here, right now, with some awards for a couple of great players. You guys ready for this? Ready for this? I'm so ready. All right. Yeah. It's my first envelope here. <clears throat> All right. Flip envelope in my hand. Okay. I should probably get some buttons in my hand as well. Hang on. Okay. Um, we start with the Perfect Dramatic Staging Award, which goes to... This envelope opens up. Oh, do that one. That's better. Jeremy Wolf! Oh, oh, my God. Yeah. So oh, expected. Now, Jules giving into his rage oh. just led to such an incredibly thrilling conclusion to our three-parter. I mean, that build-up, the hands over eyes, the use of your, your dark given powers in such a rage-fueled scene. Oh, Jeremy Wolf, that was beautiful. Beautiful character playing. And uh, it led to some unforgettable gaming. Uh, just take this button, sir. Take this button. You, Thank you. you. you beautiful, I'll take it. Beautiful man. Absolutely. Wow, this is the first one in like months. <laughs> I got more paper. So we got another one. This one was really impressive to me. So here we go. The Character Focus Award goes to Steven Rodriguez. Oh my goodness. Oh, what? I man. never could have expected what? I would win anything. Now, now, I don't know if you know why you win this one. And it's actually really cool. So when I listened back to Hero Time 3 before we sent it out, right? I find myself wildly impressed by something that you did. Something that I thought was really, really cool. It may seem small, but it was a, a, a true showcase into the mind of an incredible role player. Ooh, incredible. Ooh. You hear that? Incredible. Ooh. When Zebulon died. Do I died, see you blushing? When the moment <laughs> happened and you rolled that one and like, like that, that was a very dramatic moment. And you could hear that, that, that sort of, sort of anguish and, and, and just, the, just the, oh my God, it's a one. Oh, fuck. And there was like a 30 seconds, 40 seconds where you're recovering from that. And then you jumped to something so surprising and so delightful. You said, <laughs> Shole is going to be so pissed because you, being the incredible fucking beast that you are, immediately jumped into the mind of Crispin reacting to the moment instead of Steven reacting to the moment, which I thought was actually really cool. I thought it was really cool. Was Crispin was still alive and I was thinking, oh, shit, not for a long once. Dude. It was great. It was such a good way to like just jump from character. Like like you realize what happened. You realize what you lost. And in 30 seconds, you understood. But I still have a character here. I have to play that. And I thought that was really awesome. Take this button, sir. All right. Okay. All right. Next up, the Absolute on, I Heartbreaker have a, Award. There's a button in here. I don't think I had a button before. Yeah, that was because uh, we uh, mistakenly took a button for the athletics oh. check. Oh, right, right, right. Listen to uh, our debriefed to hear that button get delivered. That's right. I was there. I remember. Yeah. Well, go listen to it because you forgot. <laughs> You forgot the zippies. <laughs> I forgot zippies it's too. True. The absolute heartbreaker award goes to Jeremy motherfucking Wolf, everybody. Oh, yeah, I break hearts. Jeremy. Thanks. Need I even explain? Need I even explain why you're getting this award? The song, the scene, the raw emotion. Take two fucking buttons, you monster. Oh, Take yeah. two buttons. Whoa, Honestly. Tribute for Zeb is worth two buttons. Mm -hmm. Just saying. Yeah. It was a lot of hard work. Zeb would be proud. Yeah. We got one more award here, folks. And what could that be? Oh, why? Of course, it's the amazing new character award. It's going to. Give me a rip. Hmm, I wonder who has who a new character. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Who could it be? There's so many people in this category. What a mystery. Let's see. Oh, this is so much anticipation. Open it. Open it. Open it. Open 
it? It's Jeremy Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Tell us, tell us all about your new character, Jeremy. <laughs> what? I yeah. Would you believe it? it's Steven Rodriguez? We've oh, been doing so much man. chatting about this new PC, and I have to say that I absolutely love the ideas that you've been bringing forth. I am so excited, and I want you to take this a button. Awesome. Thank yeah, you, David. You Thank that. you. You take that, sir. Are we, oh, at, are we at three apiece we, now? We are both at three buttons apiece. Yeah. We this, th- this has not happened since the first episode. So so I had an idea. I'm going to pitch it to you all. All right, um, all right. We had talked about grabbing a whiteboard so that we could take notes, especially mm-hmm. during battles and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think it might be helpful, useful to have like a button in, button out. Yep. Every episode count. So like, you know. We're, is this episode 50 we're recording or 51? Episode 50. Okay, 50. so we'll have a 50 on the whiteboard, and we'll have a mark for buttons in, a mark for buttons out. So we can look up on the board, and if it's been like four episodes since anybody has used or given a button, we can all look at that and be like, hey. Yes. So what? We're talking, we're talking about participation buttons now? Mm, you no. want participation buttons? I mean, according to, according to what you said today, yes. Well, we, well, we get buttons for participating. No, no. I just think if we have a visual reminder, we can all on both sides keep the button economy moving. Accountability. You're saying all sides and you're looking directly at me knowing that the power is mine. Hey, 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 hey. I can't use buttons unless you give them to Welcome me. Welcome to motherfucking capitalism. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Trickle down my ass. I don't know if that. Yeah. All right. I have all the buttons. I thought it was a cool 90% idea. 90% of buttons. Yeah. One spot. Eat shit. I like that idea. It's a good idea. Anyway, moving on. Um, <laughs> before we start, before we really, really start, we got to do some chunk talk. You guys want to get chunky in the pants? I, wow. <laughs> I, there's so many surprises today. <laughs> I'm high energy. Like, dude, I got past holiday weekends. I'm going into like the easy you, part of the year. I'm high energy right you now. You are off the rails. I'm uh-huh. thrilled. I am thrilled. <laughs> All right, all right, all right. Chunk talk. You actually had some ideas there talking about the whiteboard, and we actually uh, had a little discussion on, on another sort of subject that we could use to streamline combats, all that. I think it's very important because looking back at the entire show, but in particular these last few episodes, we have a little problem, and that problem is actually me. I think we should make a change in how we run turn order. I think I no longer am allowed to have the power of <laughs> controlling and uh, viewing that. As much as I love to have those early, you know, the, the start of the fight where it's like, oh yeah, and I go first. And then you guys shiver in your boots and pee yourselves every time. I love that, but we can't do that because I'm going to forget Jules halfway through and he'll miss two turns. And we can't do that again. We got to make sure. Or you forget that Jules is there entirely and I come and kill you. Yeah, it actually has happened once. That actually literally happened once. Um, <laughs> so, how do you want to do this? Who wants to be the new turn order leader? Or do you want to just like have a, a, a whiteboard where we can write this stuff down and just sort of control, um, you know, just all view it? How, how do you want to do this? I, I like the whiteboard. Okay. Everyone's I accountable? Think, um, well, I mean, I can I can handle the whiteboard. I think if, if we have the whiteboard right there on the closet door area. Okay. Well, whatever happens, yeah, or we'll we, say this. I mean, or we could just put it right there so we don't have to like walk back and forth. Sure. Yeah, we can. Yeah. Whatever happens. We'll find a place. I have, thing one, is, I have one out there. More than me is going to know the turn order. That's the big thing. More than me has to know the turn order mm-hmm. because I'm a goof. Yeah, I'm I know clean that. Clean combats. All right. Sounds, sounds like a good change. All right, cool. So we got that. That's out of the way. 
Now we have more funny chunk. Well, fun chunk. No, no not funny. Good I stuff. I like the chunk thing, man. We gotta have yeah. chunk. This chunk, baby. And the, Mechanical the, the, chunk. The words fun and chunk just don't don't sound it's, good yeah. together. Yeah. Um, you have a new character coming. Uh, we'll, we can discuss starting gold and, and your starting items if you want to discuss them when that comes up, right? We'll wait. We can, we can save some chunk for later. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, a little, little chunk now, a little chunk later. Chunk drive home, baby. I, I always say. All right, so <laughs> let's let's move on to uh, first things first. Zebulon's gold has gone to Jean Franklin as Zebulon's sidekick. Uh, he's just he's holding on to it. Does that Zebulon just make sense? Had a boatload of gold, I think. That's all with Jean now, and we're going to resolve that uh, in a little bit. I think he had like six platinum or something like that. That's pretty good. Yeah. Damn. Um, he was stacked. And we also got to discuss item distribution between the two groups that went their separate ways. Before we get to that, though, we have to add more items. There's so much going on last time. I didn't want to break up the flow, but you actually did gain some rewards from Moreno. We could say these got delivered before the ceremony, maybe after it during the downtime, before the uh, we actually picked up on that, that scene following the song. But let's talk about what you actually gained from your heroic endeavors and from the sacrifice that was made. So, first of all, Jewels, there was an antidote to give from Moreno, um, which actually is not a real thing uh, in D&D 5e, but I don't care. It's such a, <laughs> it's such a fancy catch-all term. I just assumed it existed, but it, it, it all kind of falls under the umbrella of Lesser Restoration, which doesn't even have potions. It just has, like, scrolls. It's stupid. I don't like it. There should be a way to heal poison with a simple thing instead of just have the antitoxin to stop it. I, antidotes exist, and uh, I'm keeping it, and uh, you have one. Not anymore, because I took it. Hell yeah, you were no longer the poison condition. <laughs> that part of it is gone. And Serena will come back to bite you again, but that poison condition only affects right. you on the initial gain. Right. Only the exhaustion. I still, I still get it that night. Because basically there's the yeah. sickness and there's the curse. The curse is still lingering. Right. It's much harder to get rid of. But right. the sickness, gone. But, but that's that's disadvantage, gone. Yes, gone. You're Sweet. fully cured of that. Sweet. Nice. Speaking of lesser restoration, you gain two scrolls of it. These can only be used oh. if it's on your class spell list. And I believe this is Jules, Crispin, and Ramin. Maybe I actually didn't check Wizard. So I'll have to double check on that one. Okay. But uh, a number of you right can now. use these. You could look it up. Um, just type in rest Lesser Restoration. Now, these are basically going to be able to heal uh, Paralyzed, Poison, Blindness, Deafness. So pretty big deal. Okay, looking into it, uh, not Wizard. So just uh, Jules, Crispin, and Ramin can use these, but they're pretty nifty. Okay. you got two of them, and they can heal a number of status effects, so hang on to that. You also gain one potion of growth, which allows you to cast, basically, like, your ability to, uh, to uh, gosh, what's the word? There's a, there's, a, there's a weird spell name for it, but basically, you can grow and do extra 1d4 damage, gain a bunch of extra weight, all that stuff. You'll grow one size category, so if you're medium, you'll be a large creature. Enlarge, enlarge reduce. So you can cast enlarge on yourself with a potion of growth. They also bring out a potion of greater healing, one of them. To distribute amongst your groups here. I was just belly aching about the hundred gold piece price tag on that. <laughs> um, there's also one more thing they bring, and this is something that I'm not going to get whole into it. But, well, but basically, they approach you directly, Jules, and they deliver to you a treasure of the old Moreno family that once ruled this home, back when the old city was, or the, yeah, the old city was Santetian City, back when this was kind of a big deal. This is an actual rare artifact and something that they've been holding onto for a long, long time. Oh, dang. And they're gifting it to you in honor of the sacrifices that, that all of you made for the, their people in need. 
you see it's a silver ring with a smiling skull adorning the front. I want you to roll an insight check, actually. It's only a six. Okay. With your passive, all you know is, while they give it to you out of, like, gratitude, there's something else behind that. You're going to give it to me and I don't even know how to use it? They Uh, will tell you what it is. (laughs) This is a ring of mind shielding. Oh. Let me describe this. So while you wear this ring, you are immune to magic that allows other creatures to read your thoughts, determine whether you are lying, know your alignment, or know your creature type. Huh. Creatures can telepathically communicate with you only if you allow it. You can use an action to cause a ring to become invisible until you use another action to make it visible. Or until you either remove the ring or die. So this ring, you can wear it. No one knows you have it, and it protects huh, you from ding, mental stuff. And shit. here's a wild thing that I actually just saw. If you die while wearing this ring, your soul enters it unless it already houses a soul, and you can remain in the ring or depart for the afterlife up to your whim. As long as your soul the is in the fuck? ring, you can huh. telepathically communicate with any creature wearing it. What? A wearer can't prevent this telepathic communication. So, Damn. like, huh. you can haunt somebody. I can haunt the That's shit out of whoever kills me. Um. Hey, so was Crispin nearby to roll insight when that rift you, ring was gifted? Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> They're being weird about it. Something was weird. I mean, I put two together. This this is a ring that protects you from like external forces, and maybe word has gotten around that some fucked up stuff happened in that in that uh that manner. But hey, seems like a useful tool. Now, uh, we have a lot of items here to sort of distribute and figure out what you're going to do with. Let's do that now. Top of the episode, let's figure out who's getting what, and uh, we'll go from there. Okay, cool. Well, I mean, this is you guys. I can't tell you what to do. Uh, the ring of mind shielding should obviously go to Jules. Okay. Um, I mean, do you want to split up the scrolls of Lester Restoration between Jules and Crispin? Um, so we're giving those, both the restorations are going to Jules and Crispin. Yeah, one one to Jules, one to Crispin. Hell yeah. Um, ring to Jules. So then that's just a potion of growth and a potion of greater healing. Yes. Potion of growth sounds like something Crispin would need. I don't know about well, need, but it sounds like something that at least a damage dealer, either Crispin yeah. or Dresden, Dresden would right. make some crazy use from. That's true. Dresden could be really dangerous with that. Do that? I don't care. Who, who they go to? He's the, like, I'll write and wrote it down. <laughs> Tell the audience. The potion of growth went to Dresden. Hell yeah. I like that. Potion of greater healing then. Let's roll a die yeah. for it. Roll a die for it. I like that. For, I've had this. Oh, the pink oh, okay. of minor destiny. Okay. Or we could roll a die. I'll tell I'm, you not, what. I'm not. I'm not good at making here's decisions. The, here's the hard thing with the pick. You have four characters right now. So if you decide which one you gets, which player gets it, then you have to decide which character yeah. gets it. Yeah, and I think it would be, mm-hmm. it would be weird for this new PC to come in and take a piece of the loot. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, because this is before. This is when they're already distributing it before you even get there. So uh, roll a D4 and re-roll fours. One can be Jules. Two can be Crispin. Three can be Dresden. Okay. Here we go. Four. It's a four again. <laughs> Jesus. It's a two. All right. That was Crispin. Okay. Uh, two more things real quick. Sending stones. I'm assuming that the one that Zebulon had has now gone back to Crispin. So Dresden and Crispin both have a sending stone. Yes. So you can communicate. The two groups can communicate with each other. That's yep. that's cool. Yeah, that'll be sweet. Yeah. Great. Um, I'd also like to point out that I think Jules picked up the... Uh, the recording diamond. Yes. On the so way out. You have their diamond. That, yes. the, uh, that group has a diamond. Yes. Great. Okay. Yep. Um, 
One more thing, all the Zebulon's like, you know, magical stuff, I think would also go to Jean Franklin. Um, the movable rod, it's in his hands, but he would offer it to whoever because it's a tool to help get this done. And everyone right now is working towards carrying on Zebulon's will to see this 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 mission succeed. So Yeah, I, I mentioned it? I mentioned earlier that I, I really would like to have the immovable rod go to Crispin. I think he could do some really cool shit with that. I think your items should probably go to one of Jeremy's characters, actually. So <laughs> Um, he, <laughs> come on, Jules is in mourning here. He needs all the. Well, Zeb, Zeb also. Zeb also <laughs> takes the rod. <laughs> Zeb also does have the um, the charisma amulet, which I really don't have any. Oh, right. for. Um, it gives you the auto twelve to charisma, which could work on, but um, I feel like. Ooh, we're name dropping. Oh shit! Yeah. Can you bleep Whoops. that? You can bleep that. <laughs> Actually, I can. <laughs> Yep, so I can. funny. They're going to be just like, which could work on fuck. But. Oh, um, oh, I will give up the immovable rod, to be honest. I forgot. Crispin has a six charisma. Wow. Oh, you can have them both. It's your they're both your items. They can I go know, to your character. feel like why would that feel bad? All right, fine. You, I'm going to take, right, take all the toys. I'm going to take all the toys. They're fine. your toys. <laughs> You can have them. I, I just no feel one's bad. fighting with I just you about feel bad. this. I feel greedy because <laughs> I want to share with my friend Jeremy. Your character died. It's okay to like. Question okay. though. Question yeah. though. Yeah. Did Zeb still have the doll on him, or did he give it to? He gave it to a, one of the cherry delights, right? Yeah, I'm gonna take the doll too. I'm just fucking no. <laughs> um, if, if he still, I, I don't remember if he gave it to. I don't like one of the cherry delights. Recall him doing that. I think he has it. If he didn't, Jules is gonna take it. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Sorry, Crispin. No, no, no. That's totally fine. I think that's, I think that's a great, great compromise. I think that's a, a fair trade. Stephen looks so angry. He's going to strangle you across the table. He wanted that doll for Crispin. Everything for Crispin. All right. I think that's everything, right? Yeah. I'm just writing a couple things down here. Great. As far as starting gold goes, that comes up later, which means that right now, I think we're ready to start. No, wait. One more thing. It's a weird thing. You're about to head into the desert, uh, Jules. We can sell this next time we meet up with these characters because we're not going to focus on them for a bit. They're on a long journey. But we're going to need to talk about traveling rations and, like, water, how much you took out with you. You know you're going out into the borderlands. We've really gotten to this before, but we should make sure you have, like, food for this potentially multi-day, you know, journey. How much do I need to spend to make sure that I have? Honestly, not a lot. Pretty neg negligible amount. Um, so I will say let's resolve this off screen and just talk about it, and we'll, we'll get that figured out. Yeah. Cool. That's fine. I just want to make sure it's out there so people know that we're going to to calculate that, figure it out. We don't need to bog everyone down. We're doing enough, yeah. no, no chunk already. We can, we can, we can, we can afford to lose some chunk. Minor confidence. It's called the amulet of minor confidence. Chunky. All right. So, you guys want to get back into the story? Yeah, I'll play. All right. All right. Move from the chunk to the smooth. God, Jesus, I just don't like it. I'm not done. <laughs> Let's move back in time once again. Let's move back to the previous night. Not long after Jules and Zebulon have fallen asleep in the Sandy Hill Inn. They pan away from the doors of the inn out to the, the still lively streets of Fiesta Town, where Jean Franklin moves through these streets in the early hours of the night. He looks frantic, desperate, as he approaches a low building near the Jewel Gate that opens onto the western borderlands. I don't like this track as much as I thought it would. Seemed good at first. Now yeah, it's it took a pretty dark turn. It's quite ominous. Look who's back. <laughs> <laughs> well, this old track. <laughs> oh, faithful. <laughs> 
he approaches a low building near the Jewel Gate that opens onto the western borderland, facing the conquered Jewel port town of Manzanares. We see light shine through the windows of this building, which is made mostly of nondescript white painted walls. There's a flag hanging above the door, revealing a uh, 25 colored stripes you know, with a white envelope kind of in the middle, the emblem of the Concord World's Postal Station. Standing just outside this building, Jean Franklin shakes the last gold pieces from his purse, grimacing as they fall into his palm. He then pulls out a sheet of parchment, an ink jar, and a quill from his pouch, kneels down on the dirty pavement in the light of the nearby windows, and frantically begins to write. We pan down to the letter as he holds it up, finished, and we read. Dearest Ledoux, I have, through no fault of my own, come into some financial hardship during my excursion off-world. Normally I'd be loath to request a donation from Father's coffers, but I find myself engaged in important work and require more funds immediately. Naturally, it would be best if Father remained unaware of my situation. He does worry ever so much for me. <laughs> you can send the gold, my usual allowance, to Santian City, to an inn known as Sandy Hill, or, if after tomorrow, to an inn known as the Limp Cactus. <laughs> <laughs> Kind of like moves down the page and then I hereby and scribbled out your role as <sighs> scribbled out. Now I know we have our differences and rarely ever see eye to eye, but scribbled out. Please help me. I am in dire need. My friends here will soon die without some assistance, and I I can't say that gold will help, but I will do anything, try anything to save them. I will even toss aside my pride before you. Your servant in this, Jean Franklin Montelio, heir to House Montelio, Lord of the Nine Pools and bearer of the banner of the Golden Bay, and proud sidekick to Zebulon Black. As we look down at this letter, we see the, the cobbles beneath just fade away as we move in time, move in space to a different world. And we see the letter now clutched in older hands, green-skinned, toughened and calloused as these fingers tighten on the page. We can hear the sounds of rolling waves in the background. Black screen. And we open again on Moreno, on the interior of this manor-turned church, as a figure has appeared in the doorway, sort of beyond the the sort of sicked uh, out, (laughs) the ill and lying sleeping forms of the Sereno uh, victims, uh, various, uh, uh, you know, robed peoples moving between them, administering medicine, trying to keep them asleep, keep them from getting any sicker. And sort of beyond this, in the light of this doorway, we see a darkened silhouette that's just appeared, that has just spoken. What'd they say again? Remind the listeners. There you are, Tadpole. And Jean Franklin, who's facing away from this, his eyes go wide, mouth dropped, and he kind of turns his head to look and turns immediately back towards Dresden Ramin. Just, <clears throat> back straight, shoulders squared, feet apart. Show no weakness or she'll smell it like a shark smells blood. Okay? All right? You understand? Okay. This is serious. All right. <clears throat> he raises a spear, lets the banner kind of unfurl. Again, you see the uh, blackfish leaping against the red sky above golden waters as he spins around and just forms this tall pose, this hard salute, spear in the air. Sir! I'm surprised to hear you here, sir. <clears throat> See you here, sir. <clears throat> did, did Father send you to take me home? 
And he turns towards the figure at the doorway, who I imagine now is moving into the room. And I would love, love a description of this new character. All right, all right. Uh, this new character, um, much like Jean Franklin, is a turtle, um, where Jean's skin is vibrant and green. Uh, this character's skin is a little grayish, faded with age. Unlike most turtles, she also has a, a thin head of hair, um, white and gray and silver, short, almost like a like a pixie, but shorter. And I might say that turtles don't have hair, but they're not usually a Christopher douchebags either. So, hey, we're doing things fun in this world. Sorry, keep going. My turtle has hair. Your turtle has hair. I love it. Uh, she walks tall and straight and unrigid very flowing. Her movements all have purpose. And she approaches Jean and the group and she addresses Jean. I was not sent by your father. I intercepted your message to him. You intercepted it? So, so, <clears throat> Ledoux never saw the letter. Father never saw the letter. Neither saw the letter. I, I emptied my coffers and, and came to offer you my aid. Sir, the Thank you. Uh, oh, um, uh, and I think at this point you're like you're basically standing right beside them, and Jean Franklin just kind of turns back to uh, to Dresden and I mean, <clears throat> forgive me, um, my new allies of the Save Jewels Committee. Uh, I should make proper introductions. Save Jewels Committee. I am Jean Franklin Montelio, and a house Montelio, future Lord of the Nine Pools and bearer of the banner of the Golden Bay. And this, this is Master of Defense Blanche Trudeau. Uh, yes, it's a, a a pleasure. She bows. But you should call her sir, right, sir? Call me what you're comfortable saying, dear. Good to meet you, Blanche. Likewise, sir. I thought you would Wait, have did some you? witty remark coming back from John Franklin with him calling him Blanche, but okay. He's just staring at Gabe, kind of looking back and forth. Like, ah, ah. <clears throat> <laughs> he's, he's too nervous to speak. <laughs> John, I believe I have some uh, catching up to do with you. I'd like a... Uh, I'd like to know the situation here. Uh, yes, yes, sir. Uh, I guess first we should talk about the money. I, I should tell you, I, I have come to hold the remaining coin belonging to my friend. Um, we just... He looks over towards the, the altar, and maybe you don't understand the significance of what he means, but maybe you catch an idea of it. You know that lives were in the balance. I could imagine even that in in her travels, Blanche would have seen something on the Crystal Network and Oh yeah, of she course. read she read Zebulon's name in the letter. Yeah. So and she, people will be talking about the, the the ceremony happening here. That's probably what led you to this this place. Yeah. She she even reaches out and puts a hand on John's shoulder. I am sorry for your loss. I hope it is the last. I um I don't know what to do now, sir. I have been lost for some time. He was my guide. Him and, and Jules, who yet stands to die from the demon's curse that affects him. Sereno, there's so much to tell you, sir. First, will you, will you take this? The gold that I hold, I cannot be trusted with it. I paid a ways ahead at the pale moonlight on the citadel, and I gave almost all the rest to some families on God's breath. I don't sent only days ago. I, I didn't think I would need it. I was a fool. I would like you to keep me in check for now. Keep the allowance you have brought, and keep this. And he transfers to Blanche all of Zebulon's gold. Nice, nice, nice. Uh, Smooth. I will I will keep this for you. I will keep this for you. 
Yeah, I don't know where I got... I'm mixing up characters in, in different games. It wasn't six platinum. That's a different game. Uh, Zebulon had 91 gold. Okay. Yeah, it, was, it seemed like a lot, but I wasn't doing yeah, mental it, calculations. It was, at the time. it was a totally different campaign that I was even thinking of, so. Never mind. Cheater. <laughs> <laughs> um, so money's transferred and he's just staying tall. Um, sir, I don't know what, what you're planning if you want to return to the Golden Bay, to, to, to Noari, but there's still something I have to do here. I came here, Jean, to keep you safe. And that's what I intend to do. I, I thought you'd be mad at me. I didn't finish my training. I just up and left. I, you're not angry. I'm happy to have the opportunity to continue your training. I, I promise, sir. I promise I'll tell you everything in time. But right now, time is what we don't have. Yes, yes, catch Jules me up off screen. Sick. <laughs> 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 so Jules is sick and we have to move now. We must save my only remaining friend, my, my new luminary, for whom I have attached myself. Right? And he looks to you, Dresden. As you say, I was like, Blanche turns to Dresden. Ah, you're the luminary. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> A misunderstanding has occurred. Wait, what? <laughs> no, 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 no. We actually find ourselves in a rare lack of luminaries in this little party. Hope that's no trouble for us. But, well, uh, where do we proceed? We're to investigate the city. There's a, a, a strange creature, a demon, that has uh, been making these people ill. We've gotten some information that it may be the, the rulers of the city, the Tresena, who are behind these attacks. And all we know of this creature is it takes the form of an owl. It can transform itself into a larger, more demonic humanoid entity if it needs to, but it could be attacking people in secret throughout the city and into the borderlands as well. It's 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 bad here, sir. These people here, and he's got gestures towards all the all the the ill in the room. They're all victims, and every single one of them will die before long. The rest only serves to to, to hold off the inevitable death that's coming for them. But every night they grow weaker. This demon is killing them. And it's here, in the city. Uh, Dresden will kind of nudge over to John Franklin. Salazar might be a good place to start. Yes, that's right. Dance, she mentioned it. Well, I'll follow your lead then. You in, Blanche? I'd be... I'd be happy. Let's roll. Let's kill an owl. <laughs> <laughs> let's, we... let's, uh, kill an owl. Okay. <laughs> can't talk with any personality in Dresden's voice. <laughs> <laughs> and we see this newfound group fully together moving out into the streets of Los Cavalanes. We open back on these streets and we are moving towards Salazar. Now we've touched, touched on these uh, the three sort of main estates that you're going to see in the, in the old city. We have Moreno, which is the religious district. If you're leaving there now, you've kind of befriended them. Rosas, ruled by Serapio, the criminal sort of underbelly of the city. And then somewhere between them and to the north, sort of on the edge of the sort of triangular-shaped city, like up against the wall, there's the larger Salazar estate. Seemingly innocuous, just tenants for many, many, many lost and poor souls. And yet, from what you've heard, Salazar seems to hold a secret. And that's where you are going. I think as you hit the streets, I think there's sort of this natural 
dropping back between John Franklin and Blanche. Something that the, the turtle himself, the young turtle, seems to be kind of pushing for, trying to find time alone. And as a space is created between our, the, the two sort of groups in this party, Jean turns towards you, Blanche. Sir, can I, can I speak with you on a more personal matter? Well, yes, of course. I don't want to get into all the nitty-gritty of it, because it's not important here, but in essence, I left home to preserve law and order, to, to hold to my oaths. But I found my journey difficult. Total, as I have known, aren't a particularly popular peoples amongst the conquered worlds. But I did not realize how much that would factor into my attempts to, to bring certain truths to light. I strove to become a luminary then, to force myself into the spotlight. And in my desperation, I found myself play-acting as a villain for a criminal agent. When I first met my new allies, I nearly killed them. I was going to heal them, of course, but, but they did not know that. I, I did wrong. That's aggravated assaults, maybe even attempted murder. I, I broke the law, sir. And they took me in anyways, mostly out of necessity, but we soon found ourselves involved in events that sentenced a murderer to lives in the Sky Prison. And I was so proud of that. My nose poised so high in arrogance that I didn't see the cruel irony lying at my feet. Not until a later event, when Jules let a goblin, another servant of that criminal agent, go free after an attack. And I wanted him to go free. Because I saw myself in him. Does does that make me a terrible person, sir? Does this change in the very pillars of my beliefs make me weak? And he looks to you. Master Defense Blanche. Cool, you had a long time to write that, but that's fine, I'll just... <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not reading my notes. That was off the top of my head. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? <laughs> I hoped you would want to talk about why you left home. And I'll leave that up to you on on your own time. As far as popularity of the turtle people, well, it kind of goes hand in hand with with what you're saying and the changes you're seeing in yourself. We can't control how, how others act and how others see us, but we can control how we act, Tadpole. And someday your, your little tail will shrivel up and your arms and legs will grow, and, and I'm seeing that in you, Jean. Our world is not black and white. You're starting to see in color. Holy shit. Cheers hey. to that. Hey. Uh, Cheers to that. We have this little rule on our show we've had for a while, right? Where we have buttons and the max is three. But in this arc, we have two separate parties of two separate characters. So I'm going to change, just for now, <clears throat> the right. limit to five. Oh my gosh. And I'm goshness. giving you a button. Oh my Holy gosh. Take a button. Whoa. Oh my goshness. I mean,. If there was ever a speech that was worthy of a button, that was I'm it. excited to spend them. Holy so, shit. I'm ready to spend them, baby. And he's, I think Jean just looks down. He's just kind of looking at his hands. Seeing in color. Growing. Yes. I find it odd that I still retain my oath-sworn powers to uphold the principles of honor and law, but maybe this explains it. Maybe having my sworn oath be a, be a contradiction that I didn't understand. 
Maybe understanding is what I need. Maybe... I don't know. I don't understand this oath still, but I will seek to. I thought the two ideas so connected, but I'm starting to see how opposing they are. Honor source lies in the hearts of good people, while law stems so often from oppressive and corrupt. And I had been looking to Zebulon and Jules to help me grow, to help me determine the answer to this contradiction, but they are both gone now, and I'm alone. Early in our lives, Sean, we have a lot to learn. As we grow, as you grow, you will too have things to teach. I'm looking forward to learning from you, John. He looks up at you and we see this rare turtle smile. I guess looks over at you. I mentioned you're probably about the same height. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't picture uh, Blanche being any taller. And yeah, I think there's a feeling of height difference. There's a feeling of size difference as he just looks to you with the absolute expression of a student. So happy to learn. So happy to to, to be heard. And I'm uh, happy to see that even, even through all this stress and troubles that managed to keep decent posture. <laughs> with that, we pan forward through like a small crowd to another duo walking up the street. Now, I haven't officially done this yet, but Dresden, I'm going to assign you Ramin's stat block as a sidekick, mechanical sidekick on D&D Beyond. Ooh, baby. Uh, Ramin Ooh. will be yours in this arc to control in combat. Ramin, you're mine. <laughs> what? You <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just I don't know where to say that. Like, <laughs> you with a good time. Oh, my God. I think you two are walking up the street as well. And Ramin's kind of like, I think he's just like looking towards the sort of like the, the very bold, uh, very quiet Dresden, which like this kind of excited as like he wants to start a conversation. Just, ah, Open his mouth and stops, turns away. Ah, uh, I. Mm-mm. So, uh, uh, Dresden, the weather is fair. Is the weather not fair? I'd call it a little fair, sure. Yes, yes, it's quite fair, yes. Good. <laughs> ah, common ground, it's so nice to have this. Well, now that you've, uh, made things thoroughly awkward, <laughs> <laughs> sounds like there's something you want to say. Oh, I just. Want to get to know you? I, 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 we've talked only briefly. Uh, well, mostly I talked when we were waiting for Serapio to to uh, invite us in for a meeting. But, um, what do you want to know? If, uh, if Jules trusts you, then I trust you. Huh. Huh. What, what, what's your relationship with Jules? You, you, you seem very close to him, but we grew up together in very similar but different ways. That's very vague. But mysterious, I like it. <laughs> he's beaming. He's so excited. We're just having. He's thrilled to have a conversation. You're a curious guy. Oh yes, yes, very, very curious. I mean, and this world. I mean, there's so much here to be. I didn't mean curious in that way. Oh. <laughs> but really, really, have you heard much about Sansetian? The various magics here. No, I haven't heard much. It's it's truly incredible. Think think. Uh, our instructions given by Dance were to go to Salazar to speak with an Olvidado. Do you know much of the Olvidados? 
absolutely nothing. Oh, oh, oh. So, uh, olvidado is apparently a word here that means forgotten. For they are forgotten by death. That's the idea. Um, so, so, the Night of Remembered is coming up. You know the Night of the Remembered, correct? Right? You know that? I've heard the term. You don't know? Oh, he's thrilled. Like, oh, like shaking. How does one, uh, how does one get forgotten by death? What, oh, is that, what does that mean? This is good. This is good. So, tomorrow night marks the start of this great event. The Night of the Remembered. Uh, the souls of the dead family members and loved ones return from the plains of the afterlife during these next few nights. But you just said they were forgotten. No, no, the ones who, some of them stay afterwards, essentially getting a second life, forgotten to be reclaimed by death. Those are the Ovi daughters we see in our everyday. That's, those are, those are the, the skeletal figures and some specters that you'll see uh, here and there around the world. They're rare, but isn't that fascinating? Death forgets someone. I mean, I, I, I was one of the rare few who has come back from death, so to me this is, I mean, it's, it's, it's like seeing myself and, and, and many people here in this world. Isn't that cool? I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to give Dresden some personality, but I don't fucking know. All I love of a sudden, this. he's thrust into this. I just love it. Well, it's the deadpan <laughs> character and, like, the very excitable, friendly around me. It's the best. It's just, it's just silly pairing. That's why I love these two stuck together. Where I come from, dead is dead. So I may have a thing or two to learn here. It's, it's amazing. Dance explained a bit of it to me. Um, basically... The living will leave gifts at decorative altars for their loved ones. Uh, she, she called these uh, ofrendas. Ofrendas, that's right. This ritual activates some, some latent magic in the city, which is apparently the work of La Catrina, the, 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 the deity or spirit they, they, they worship back at Moreno. Her, her power lingers in this land, and the souls of the dead will return to life throughout the city for a few nights. They take on either strange skeletal bodies or in some cases just become pure specters. I'll dance explain the magic only works for those of Sansetian heritage. There's, there's a, there's a, how'd she say it? There's a spark in their souls. A magic left by La Katrina for the people long ago. Unfortunately, this magic does not let the dead remember the afterlife beyond the Fugue Plain. Which is a shame. When I died, I only ever reached the Fugue Plain. I never had a chance to, to reach the beckoning light. Oh, oh, but I'm glad to be alive. I, I am. I'm so glad. I'm just so curious for what, what the sun river holds me beyond that light. Aren't you curious about uh, death? Aren't you curious about all of it? I mean, I know dead is dead, but is it? What lingers beyond? Don't you wonder? Show me something different and maybe I'll, uh, maybe I'll come around to it, but dead is dead. Oh, tomorrow night you're in for the surprise of your life then. And I say maybe at this point you're moving up towards the the uh, sort of estate of Salazar. So we find ourselves outside Salazar. We see a large-looking estate covered in various tents and small sort of wood frame buildings. Look like they've been sort of roughly put up by, by the locals here. Just this, it looks like the actual older buildings here, the stonework buildings, are much smaller than what you've seen at Rosas and Moreno. But there are a lot of them. Many different smaller homes dotting this, like like, like small villas dotting this like larger, um, you know, sort of hilly expanse that takes up a good little portion of Los Cavalanes. There's uh, an obvious sort of path moving in from the main street past some gates that seems to snake up towards one particular building, um, the largest of the lot. And you just see people everywhere. You see no sign here this could be some sort of revolution uh, main base. I mean, everyone here just looks just as weak, 
just as downtrodden as everyone else you've seen throughout this city. You're sure this is where we're meant to go, Tadpole? I, I think. Dan said tell us all right. Are we at the door? You're at the gate moving in. Is so somebody the, at the gate or at the door? Uh, this is the, at the main building is what at she said. At the main said. building? Yep. Okay. Up there. And Dresden points to the to the main building. If you say so, I doesn't seem to be... I was going to say something mean. I agree. <laughs> it does not seem to be. Let's go. <laughs> I was going to say, like, there doesn't seem to be much of value here. And I was like, <laughs> that, that doesn't... You just got here. <laughs> How dare you? Lives are valuable. <laughs> you monster. <laughs> all right. So we're all moving down the path, passing these people, this sort of central building getting larger and larger as you get close until you reach the front. You see a number of stone steps moving up toward this large, dilapidated building, single story but wide. And at the very top of the steps, as it kind of moves into like an entrance hall, you see a naked Olvidado sitting at this sort of door's edge and reading a, a book. See, it's like a black-bound and very worn book. There's colorful paints that seem to decorate the bones of this figure. And they just flip through pages. I think Dresden will push forward. I think the second you move towards them, they turn their head up to you. Slight creaking of bone as they do, and their sort of eyeless holes stare deep at you. Are you looking... To die. Only the dead are free. Figure nods. Come. And slowly gets to their feet. Follow. And they move into the building. Dresden starts moving up. Yeah, Blanche is following behind. I'm also very proud that I remembered that. Good job. I've been waiting for it since the first time you said it. I stuck it in my head. You move into the, the structure inside move down this sort of hallway, again, just lined with people, move into a room, tucked to the left and around a corner. As you step inside, there's just a number of figures all around the room, covered in those, uh, in in, in a, it's called a rebozo, basically just like these sort of long, like, blanket-like, um, what's the word? Almost like a, 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 like a longer scarf, but anyway, they're just kind of like huddled in various corners, and I want you to roll a perception check as you enter this room. First Blanche roll. Oh, yeah. I'll let you do the honors first. A 12. You said perception? Yes. 11 on the die, plus one for 12. I'll say with a 12, you both immediately catch that these figures look far less emaciated than the others. And there's a, a bit of bulk underneath these, like, rebozos, perhaps weapons. As they don't look at you, they stare towards the ground, but you get the impression they are keenly watching you from the corners of their eyes, keenly listening at every word you say, every sound you make. And the Ovidado moves to the other side of the room and reaches towards, it looks like sort of like an old-looking uh, uh, sort of fireplace built in. And there's a sound of, like, something unlatching as they reach around to, like, some of the bricks and a grinding of stone. <laughs> as this fireplace essentially pulls open, revealing a set of stairs moving down beneath Salazar, beneath the grounds. Dude, Blanche, like, just showed up. (laughs) 
and is like, all right, Jean, I'm going to help you with whatever it is that you're doing. So he takes her to essentially like the slums into this house. And now there's a creepy secret staircase. Men who are armed. So it's a, it's a, a full lot to take skeleton. In. There is, is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because she doesn't know about the Alvi. Well, I mean, I don't know if she knows about the Alvidado, but there is a whole lot of trust here. <laughs> it's awesome. Um, the Alvidado turns back to you. I am Rufina. It is good to meet you, hero of Moreno, hero of New Sarul. We've been expecting you. People died. We're no heroes. More will die before this ends. But when it does, when we stand upon the hill, we will all be heroes. Paloma waits below. And they start to walk out of the room. And you're staring down those steps. You see the flickering light of torchlight from tunnels below. I think without even a second thought, Dresden starts walking down. And he doesn't even look back. He's kind of expecting everybody else to follow. Uh, yeah. Blanche will wait for Jean and Ramin to go, and she'll uh, take up the rear. And then, yeah, Jean and Ramin both boldly follow Dresden. And as Blanche starts to move down those steps, <laughs> the light from above is gone as that fireplace is replaced. The entrance once again hidden. You stare down a long tunnel with various sort of snaking paths. But it doesn't take you long to realize where you must go, for up ahead, there's a brighter light. A larger open chamber. You'd imagine you're staring towards probably the very center of this large estate. Center of the grounds where, beneath this hill, something has been hidden. Something has been waiting. Do you move down the tunnel? Um... Yeah, what's the light situation like down here? Uh, Torchlight. Torchlight. You, said, you said that. Yep, just flickering torchlight. It's not gray. I mean, it's, 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 it's not that you can see clearly. Except for Dresden. Because he only has one eye. Rude. He matter. If you lead, I'll follow, soldier boy. <laughs> <laughs> Dresden just gives a... <clears throat> he turns back around and keeps walking. Hell yeah. You move down the tunnel towards this main room and as it sort of opens up before you as you reach it you see walls lined with weapons armor various people on various sides training for combat somewhere in the center of this you hear a a voice very similar voice well not to you Blanche and not even to Jean Franklin but definitely to you Dresden Oh, God. Yes. That is the report from Moreno. I came as soon as I could. I believe I tried sending jewels this way. He may come. They may be the ones to help us. I... You recognize Grindy, and he is speaking with someone. You see this bronze-skinned, elderly, dwarven woman who gives off this sort of strange impression of both style and strength. See white hairs spilled down from a wide-brimmed hat on her head. Her body is wrapped in a pink rebozo, her lower body covered by a sturdy leather skirt and heeled boots. There's a deadly-looking dagger with a curved hilt shaped in the design of a gleaming black scorpion tail resting at her belt. And she's just staring at Grindy, far-off expression sort of 
rubbing at her chin. Then her eyes flicker up towards the group that has just moved in through the the entrance tunnel. I think her eyes immediately fall to you, Dresden. And she beckons you. Yes, you seem like the main character here. Yeah. You're known is why. You're like a person that they know of from the the actual attack. Jean Franklin was not there. Ramin was basically uninvolved. Same with you, Blanche. So Dresden will just take a couple steps forward, silently. You all can go. Not saying that you guys can't. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, Blanche is really just kind of playing like second fiddle here. She's following behind. So Dresden in the lead, Jean, Blanche, and Ramin kind of come up behind. You approach this figure. Grindy turns. Oh, Master Dresden, it's good to see you back. Jules, he told me a bit about you back in the old days, and thank you so much for everything you've done for us. I sincerely hope you're not done fighting for us yet. This is Paloma. This is the leader of the Sansetian Rebellion. And he kind of like sort of gestures to her and then almost sort of shrinks back, giving space to this meeting. Then you stare gruffly at each other. No one's saying the first words. I'm trying to think of what to say. We need to know everything. I agree. You do need to know everything. But you're going to have to help us for that information. You mind if I light up a smoke, honey? I don't give a shit. She takes out a fat cigar. Kind of offers one to you as well, to anyone who's willing to take. I, 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 I. <laughs> <laughs> Blanche, hold, Blanche holds out her hand. That was awesome. That was awesome. Uh, Paloma just nods, smiling. Just, she just walks right up. Lady after my own heart, please. Take. Light up. Blanche lights her cigar up on the the flame that Paloma provides. Yeah, just got the flame out. Breathe it in. I can't say I know half of you, but if you're part of this group, then I think you'll be helpful for us. So let's talk about how we're going to overthrow the Tresina. And Blanche chokes on her smoke. (laughs) We'll call it there. (laughs) 